Hi, everybody, again to this next episode on our B2B Marketing Guidebook podcast. This is Uwe Seepacher, and I'm more than happy to be your host. Today I'm joined by Nils Horstmann based in Munich. He is contributing an article on digital B2B marketing in China, an ever more important topic, especially as we look at the big differences in regard to media landscape, but also the cultural divergences. Good morning, Nils. Welcome. And how are you? Hi, good morning, Uwe. It's a pleasure to meet you again. I'm very fine. Many greetings here out of Munich, actually. And yes, I'm looking forward to our podcast now. I always recall my time left at 20 years in Munich and I had a wonderful time. There is a place to be. Uh, not quite cost efficient, but it is a place to be. Nils, before we get started, <laughs> let me get our listeners, our community, an overview of your person, your track record, where you are coming from. Well, I'm now active in the digital marketing business since, yes, meanwhile, more than 20 years. Uh, started my study in an agency as a, as a work to earn some money. And uh, yes, coming to Munich also nearly 20 years ago, um, starting in an um, online company here and get some operational skills. And after this, uh, joining the Scout24 group. And this time it was the second biggest uh, digital player in Europe next to the eBay with about 1,000 um, employees. And my job was to care for the digital strategy from the holding for the whole group to um, uh, um, care for for framework uh, con conditions and um, get directly in contact with players like Google or Facebook about how to uh, work the whole group. And yes, since 10 years now, I built up my own company, Avium, uh, which is a digital marketing consulting an agency because I think digital marketing is getting more and more complex. Uh, all these disciplines are working together and there's also a strategic and operational part. It's going very fast and in this time we have also built up another company in Switzerland and since two years we are also in China with an office in Hong Kong and the main focus is to support uh, Western European German companies to, yes, join the market in China to support them to build the bridges between the cultural and technology parts here. And, and, and your background, Neil, is in marketing or where you come from IT? Where are you coming from? Yes, I've studied uh, economy in Bremen originally with a focus on marketing and IT. Yes, so it's a perfect combination from this point of view now. Let me play the devil's advocate. You were a digital agency, but you know how I came across you and your expertise? While reading an article in one of the leading printed marketing magazines, what is a, a high-profile digital marketer saying or reporting to this statement that I didn't find you on the internet, but on an article? <laughs> Normally, it's the other way around because uh, for sure, we are also active in search engines. So if you look for something, should be our job to be visible there, but nevertheless, uh, 
especially in the B2B, I think there are some great magazines. I know why, or how we, we meet each other. And uh, yes, normally you find us first digital and after mm -hmm. then in a print magazine or offline. Niels, I don't know whether if I'm wrong, or but you'll tell me. Uh, my perception is that uh, marketing in China and digital marketing in China is more and more on the agenda. You can read more and more about this topic. Why do you think, as a matter expert, this is the case, or if I'm, if my, is my perception wrong? Yes, I, I think you're totally right. We have more and more people who come to us, who contact us, who are looking for this, and they also say us, okay, we are, you know, the common digital stuff, we are doing it by our own, or everything is already standard, it's nothing new to work in Google or something like this. But the people say, okay, China, it's it's not only another country, it's another planet. We have no competence there in-house. We have um, most of the time, we have a, a sales department in China, but there's a big, yes, there's no bridge between this. They don't know about how it goes. So all the well-known um, services like Google, Facebook, and all these things are not working in China. There's a technical firewall, a political firewall, and makes it a bit complicated. Yes, that's why the reason why we build up um, this business unit and many people say to us, okay, this is really a big topic because, you know, China is getting bigger and bigger now. They are expanding more and more. We have the Silk Street, the Silk Road here to Europe. We have a trade war with the US and all these things. And I think it's a big chance now for companies, especially in Europe, to on the one hand, get more and more independent from the States, but on the other hand, to see this growing, rising star in China. It's not longer the, the cheap uh, workbench here for the Western world. We're getting better and better in quality. We are more and more self-confident. What can the readers expect from your article? Because uh, for me, the core idea is to enable our readers to do things on their own because due to the cost situation, we have to increase the internal value creation. And a lot of other contributors are providing frameworks, process models based on their knowledge to enable the people to drive things on their own and then punctually get their support from the external supplies. What will be your article based upon, or would you provide a framework or process model? Sure, at the end it's also a framework, but my first idea is to give a little bit more transparency about how it works, what are the special figures here in China, what do you have to think if you want to enter, because you cannot once again, you cannot translate your actual strategy one by one to China. So you have to also think a little bit about what is special in this country. Uh, just, an, just an example, there are actually about 1.0 billion people in China. Everyone thinks, okay, this is my chance. I get money and I want to rise. But some people don't know how much competition, for example, is also in China. And so I think it's very good to, first of all, get an overview about the most important landscape, the touch points where, just an example, WeChat. WeChat is something also very important in B2B. Um, I think many Western people think, okay, it's something like Facebook, I can 
show my video for my kids and uh, sing a song or whatever, but just to know about 70% of a B2B communication is by, by WeChat and only one third by email. So this is an example where you see it's totally different. You cannot say, okay, I get a WeChat account and when I drive everything to the website, yeah, like before in Western, it's really totally different. And you have to think about, okay, how can I integrate it? Not only in your digital strategy, but only in your marketing strategy. Because everyone in business scan QR codes, which is not very common here. You can pay mobile and all these things. It's really another word. What would you recommend or advise uh, our readers and our community in regard to the fact that obviously we are dealing with a cultural clash because pick me up if I'm wrong, but uh, based on my research, we have a situation in China that large, large machineries are bought via digital media, like you mentioned WeChat. What can we do? Is this true? And what can uh, suppliers do about that in order to overcome that cultural, substantial cultural clash? Yes, it's true. It's uh, the economy in China is much more digital, it's much more mobile. And if you try to, to think like a Chinese, like it's possible now for us, but we normally don't know your company. You are on the other side of the world. So Chinese people are caring very much for, for trust, for relationship there are even special words in china for this relationship so it's more long lasting so you don't uh, buy a, a 50,000 euro machine and put it in your basket and pay with a mobile yeah so before this there's a long a long time about information where look if you're on wechat are you do you have an office in china are you a new player or do you have a history are you visible in baidu and all these things by inform very much and research very much so i think this is very important to also keep this in mind and not just only look a very short term about how to scale the sales and get as much money in, in a short time do we need to rewrite buyer journeys and uh, buyer personas for china as b2b marketeers yes i think so i think you know, so we are working for, for many B2B clients, meanwhile, here also in Western and supporting them in China. And there are some, some, some things are very similar, but some things are also very different. For example, do you have an office in China or not? Or an own independent uh, company there or not? This is totally different because if you were already inside China or not inside China and... Um, I think this is, you know, normal sales is about you go to a trade fair, you do it offline, you go, for example, in the inner China, you have to travel. Also in China, it's like, keep in mind, it's similar to whole Europe. You're also doing sales in Italy is totally different to, to uh, Norway or something like this. Yes, so it's also totally different. Where I think, yes, you have to think very much about about your personas, your target group. Sometimes they are also Western thinking decision makers who, for example, use LinkedIn or something like this. Sometimes they are really 
much more offline thinking people. And uh, I remember one sentence I've learned in the last month is uh, that Chinese people do business with Chinese people. And I learned it. That's the reason because I have uh, several Chinese people also on my team because I also see it. They communicate with each other really different and very efficient. And uh, yes, I think it's similar to 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 Chinese business and also the buyer's journey. I think it's really different. It's very good to rethink your buyer's journey. Integrate the country-specific touch points and also the the cultural behavior like more and more research, and also to rethink your personas. And this kind of information you will also share in your article in the book? Right. We, I, I give you a quick overview about the, the circumstances, the framework, the differences about the most important touch points in China, why we are important, which one important, and what could be a, a strategy to, to enter the market, even if you, once again, most or many companies already have a sales unit there, but it's a closed uh, cosmos, yes, because they see, okay, it's growing, but what's now? No one is doing marketing, we need support. Uh, you have your perfect global strategy, which works in 50 countries, but now you have a black box for China and you don't know about how to boost your sales. Do we need marketing? Do you need marketing resources there? Do you need Chinese native resources also here in, in, in Europe or Western countries by your own? to empower your, your marketing team or these are some core questions and give some ex examples about how to localize also your strategy. And will you also enrich your findings, your expertise with practical examples so that you show the proof of concept, some bits and pieces from different projects in your article? Yes, right. We give some examples because some typical questions repeat more and more and I think it's a uh, good idea to, to show it also in this article about how to solve this typical figures. Nils, normally at the end, I invite my coffee talk guests to share a core message. I'd like to keep our people moving and I'd like to uh, make it the other way around. Now you have the chance to ask me one question which always was on your mind in regard to me or to my book, whatever. Is there anything you would like to have to have an answer on? Oh, this is a very good question. Yes, I think would be very good to know about your expectation from the Chinese market. I think we expect, or I think the B2B market use uh, can expect a lot if we take the right steps. And uh, in order to be able to do that, we have to uh, follow the way through the marketing maturity model, because I think one cannot see the digital marketing in China as a standalone project because if you do not have the maybe the required uh, MarTech infrastructure, you cannot run a marketing campaign. If you do not have a partner like yours, for example, to identify the right contact points because there's not so much information available on the information in China. And I think I expect a lot also in regard to 
cultural diversity learning because I think we can profit a lot from China. And I don't know, but not really expecting, but I'm anticipating that maybe the so-called Netflix industry where we don't sell the products anymore, but rather lease them or rent them out. Maybe the Alibabas of the world will be the ones who will in the near future produce via 3D printing technologies, service parts, replacement parts for big machines, and they will come up with a very disruptive model in regard to also the engineering, mechanical engineering and manufacturing. So this is what I'm a little bit observing, uh, where there are any kind of uh, tendencies to realize in that market. I totally agree. I think one point is really also a core message for me um, for this topic is not only think about global goes local, also think about local goes global. Yes, because mm -hmm. China is not longer once again a workbench. Yes, to do mm -hmm. our deep and simple work, we are really a, a more and more global leader, especially for digital technology. Um, I remember I was in Shenyang last year with a client doing a workshop. And I wanted to go in a restaurant. I have to leave a restaurant because I can only pay by mobile payment. And I was mm -hmm. in another restaurant, and they get they really get back with cash money only for me. The whole restaurant was looking because I was the only one who was paying <laughs> cash. It was what a feeling like I was falling down from the mass or somewhere, and uh, was really the the one who has slept uh, thirty years. So I think uh, Mark Zuckerberg has has uh, given a quote some weeks ago. It was that he said his goal is to be like WeChat. Yes, I think this is a very good quote, which shows how much uh, achieved China is already in this digital business. For sure, we have some things mm -hmm. like you know data protection, all these things. But nevertheless, from the technical point of view, I think we can also learn it, like the usage of QR codes. Yeah, things like mm -hmm. this totally common. I think it's coming more and more here. And also the one channel strategy means not only think about this is my digital department, this is my B2B 90% is like in the last hundred years, it's offline, yeah, <laughs> the business is made on the street and the trade fair and all these things. Really think about it's one channel strategy and you have to combine everything and have a totally customer centricity and it's everything's going digital. <laughs> Strong words, strong messages from an expert in digital B2B marketing in China, Niels Horstmann, who joined me today for my coffee talk as part of the B2B Marketing Guide book podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining. I'm Uwe Seebacher. I'm your host. I can't wait to be back. Goodbye.